Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fertinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts at Herd and 10 on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Obviously, the big news is out. We have signed to the Believe podcast network so you can check our show out on believe.com you can of course still stream our show anywhere you listen to podcasts whether it's apple Podcasts, google spotify etc we're hopefully going to be on some other networks very shortly so please just keep tuning in every single week we have a lot of exciting stuff we have a ton of great guests lined up part of that is myself bringing those guests on and then of course the great team at Believe making those efforts to bring in some great people so we can have some incredible chats about the Buffalo Bills. So we got something exciting. If you're listening to this show on Friday, you will know that the Bills, of course, have their first preseason game Friday evening, and they're going to be taking on the Detroit Lions. This is an exciting opportunity for us to see the Bills play again, but to also see if anyone who maybe wasn't on our radar is actually going to make an impact and potentially make the roster. The Bills are currently at 90 players, but do have to cut down to 85 by next week. So I would expect there to be some big cuts over the next week. And those could be players that we weren't expecting to lose this early on. But really, it's going to come down to who can perform really well in the preseason. Josh Allen has already been announced that he will not be playing. Sean McDermott told the press that Josh Allen will rest this game. He will not be playing. We know the Bills only have three preseason games, so I'm not sure when we're going to see Josh Allen. If the third game is still going to be the dress rehearsal or is the or is the starter's dress rehearsal going to be week two, we don't know that yet. But what we do know is we will not be seeing Josh Allen on Friday evening. However, we of course will be seeing some other quarterbacks. We're going to get to see Mitchell Trubisky in a Buffalo Bills jersey playing in live action. I'm really curious to see how he performs. And I'm curious to see what Jake Fromm brings. Is Jake Fromm good enough that he could be a backup for the Bills down the road? As we know, Trubisky's probably only here for one year. So we need to know what we have in Jake Fromm. And tomorrow is the first chance we're going to get to see that because there was no preseason last year. So we still don't really know what Jake Fromm is or what he has to offer or how much development he actually needs to get to that NFL level, even as a backup. Now, we got a few other things to cover here. We got the wide receiving core, which is obviously a loaded core this year. There's a lot of guys that probably would normally have made this roster, but because we're so deep, it's going to be hard. And everyone's talking about Isaiah Hodgins and how good he's looked. But there's also questions now going into the first preseason game of whether or not Isaiah Hodgins is for real. Can he play at the level that he needs to to make this roster? Can he play better than some other guys and beat out other guys like Jake Kumaro, who are fighting for a spot? You have Isaiah McKenzie, who is presumably locked up a spot. 
But then you have another guy in Marquez Stevenson who's fighting for that kick returning spot. It looks like so far McKenzie has been winning that out throughout training camp. But we're going to get a taste in preseason if there's something different going on, if there's a real chance for Stevenson to make it. I think at this point, I'd be putting my money on McKenzie. I would suggest that you do the same. But you never know. Things change. Injuries happen, unfortunately. And that could change things as well. So really looking at the receiving core, I think, is a key piece to be watching on Friday night. Just because we don't know who's going to make the roster at the bottom. When you're looking at wide receiver 5, wide receiver 6, if they do carry a 7th, those are the guys you really want to be looking at. Because there's a whole slew of them. And they're all pretty comparable. So we don't know who's going to win out. I hope Isaiah Hodgins wins out. But then again, he's got a really tough opportunity here. And there is the other option, which is if he goes to the practice squad. Now, he might get picked up on waivers. But there's a good chance that given he hasn't shown a lot, he probably wouldn't be picked up unless he looks amazing in preseason. And if that's the case, the Bills might have no choice but to keep him and cut a guy like Jay Kumaro, who has apparently been really showing off some great talent throughout training camp. What I want to focus on here is just a few other key players to watch for the preseason game. Once I finish this part, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be jumping on with senior fantasy analyst Eric Moody. And I can tell you I already had this conversation with him. He was excellent. He broke down both the defense and the offense and looked at some key players' fantasy outlook. So, of course, if you have those fantasy questions, if you're not sure who you're going to draft, if you want to draft any Bills players, where their value is at, this is going to be a great conversation for you to listen to. I think it's it's a great place to be a fly on the wall because Eric really knows his stuff when it comes to fantasy outlook and what we should expect from guys, not only looking at their last season statistics, but looking at what we should expect from them this year and whether or not they're worth your draft pick. So get ready for your fantasy drafts because they're coming up. They're probably happening in the next few weeks and you should really listen if you want to learn some stuff from a senior NFL fantasy analyst. So the key players I'm suggesting that you watch are Spencer Brown, who could be the swing tackle for the Bills. He's likely not going to be a starter, but he's going to be a backup. He's going to be a depth option that can do a little bit of everything. He can play left or right tackle. Going to be interesting to see how he looks, how comfortable he looks. Because remember, he's a rookie. He's got a lot to learn. It's a brand new system. We're going to see how comfortable he is and if he actually could be a legitimate swing tackle for the Bills moving forward or if they're going to have to keep someone else on the roster. That, of course, could impact whether they can carry a seventh receiver or not. Next, you have Cody Ford also on the offensive line. As far as I know, Cody Ford is winning out at guard. It sounds like he'd actually be playing right guard. We'll have to see if that continues again. He should be playing on Friday night. So we're really going to know if he's improved, if he's looking better than he did last season. Because even prior to his injury, he looked, I would say, middling and mediocre. So I don't necessarily love the idea of going with him. I would prefer a guy like Ike Bodker. But of course, if Cody Ford looks really good in preseason, maybe the Bills are going to roll with him. So 
We'll have to see that. I, I would say that's a player to really watch out for, especially because we didn't get a lot of him last year because of his injury. And there's been a lot of talk that he's looked a lot better in training camp. So I'm very curious to see how he looks now that he's settling into a guard position, which is probably where he belongs. I just don't know if he's actually a starter. Next, you have the cornerbacks. Probably Tredavious White is not going to play much if he plays at all. And we're going to see this battle between Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. Those guys are probably going to be on the field at the exact same time. So we're going to get a real clear look of who's looking better. From training camp so far, from the limited information I've gotten over the last couple of days since I spoke to Joe Miller, is that Dane Jackson has not done anything particularly impressive and Levi Wallace looks the same, which is pretty good, not great, nothing special. But that Dane Jackson isn't necessarily flashing the way we saw him flash during last season. And this might just be because he's not a great practice guy. Maybe he is just a gamer. Maybe this guy shows up when the bright lights turn on. So we're going to find out in this preseason, in the next few weeks, we are going to know if Dane Jackson is taking that next step, if he has developed at all since last season, because we saw some great things from him. We just didn't necessarily see the consistency that we need if he's going to start opposite Tredavious White. So although I kind of wrote it off the other week thinking Levi Wallace is moving forward, I still think there actually is a battle. I've changed my mind now. After speaking to some of my sources, there is clearly still an opportunity for Dane Jackson, but we obviously can't speak specifically about what's going on at training camp and who's starting over who, but we know that he hasn't looked unbelievable in training camp, but maybe he's looked good enough, and maybe if he does some things in preseason, we'll then help us make that decision, or at least as a fan, be able to understand where the team is moving and whether they're moving away from Levi Wallace or if they're sticking with Levi Wallace. So that will do it for this part of the episode. We've covered a whole slew of things for the preseason game. I am super excited. I hope you're excited as well. Please check this show out on Friday so that you get all this information prior to the preseason game so you know which players to look out for. And again, Stick around because in just a few moments, we're going to be talking fantasy football. Thanks. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. We have senior fantasy analyst at the Pro Football Network, Eric Moody. Eric, how are you doing today? Let our listeners know where they can find your content and where they should check you out. Yeah, I can do that. I would say, first of all, you know, thanks for the, uh, the invite. You know, it's always good to talk about uh, football, fantasy football, everything in between. But I'm a senior fantasy analyst uh, over at Pro Football Network, and I create a lot of content over there, whether it's audio, video, or written content. And so you can find all of my work there. Also very active on social media, all the major platforms on, you know, on there, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Clubhouse. So you can find me on all those platforms at Eric N. Moody. But again, hey, very happy to be here and let's get into it. 
For sure. Look, we got the season around the corner, and that means people want to know who to pick up in their fantasy leagues, who they should be looking at to draft. Of course, the preseason already began, but we're really getting all the teams playing in preseason in the upcoming week. The question becomes, of course, injuries can happen over preseason, so that would change a lot of things. But at this point in time, looking at the Buffalo Bills as a whole, we look at their defense and how they performed maybe on paper and how they actually performed in front of the old eyeball, but then also how they were fantasy-wise. When we look at the Bills, they were in the top 10 for fantasy points in the NFL. But then again, they didn't look that dominant when you really look at them as a defense. Do you think they could improve from where they were? Is top 10 realistic for what we should expect for this season? Or do you see them catapulting into that top five or top three position? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I would say more so kind of finishing within the top 10 is in the realm of possibility. You know, I just think about different uh, kind of like scenarios or different, you know, kind of branch timelines, kind of referencing like Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I would just say, uh, if you look at the Bills, I think there is a scenario where they could return to like defensive, you know, dominance. To your point, hey, we did see, you know, some really, you know, masterful, you know, performances, you know, last year. I would just say probably the biggest, I would say, opportunity for them. I still don't like uh, some of the players that they have at cornerback. You know, I think there's an opportunity there to, to improve, but I think this team is still going to be driven, you know, by the offense. And just looking at the Bills' schedule, I'm like, they're going to be in some shootouts with some teams this year, and they're not necessarily going to be under the radar. So I think that's going to put a lot more pressure, like, on their defense. And so I think we'll see like an eerily similar performance with the defense as we saw uh, last year like in 2021, I would say. Yeah, they definitely have a really tough schedule. And that means if they are a really good offense, they're playing a lot of good offenses. So that mm-hmm. could hurt them too. It's true. The cornerback situation we know is thin. We really, or at least I personally thought they were going to go out and bring some really good veterans in. Maybe Richard Sherman, of course, he's going through some other things now. But they didn't bring really anyone in. They didn't make a whole lot of changes there. So it seems like they're probably just riding and dying with Levi Wallace opposite Tredavious White. And there's nothing wrong with him. But like you said, it's nothing impressive. The secondary is not absolutely impressive where we should see a shutdown defense. And that, of course, would hurt their fantasy value. You did bring up something interesting about Loki. I actually have not seen the show yet. Do you highly recommend it? Should that be at the top of my list of shows to check out? I would say it would. If, if, you, if you're a big fan of comic book, uh, TV shows, movies, just the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, uh, I, I do recommend it. It is just something that is uh, unique and different, something different that Marvel hasn't done before. And I just really like the dynamic with all the characters uh, in the cast. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good show. Highly recommend it. Yeah, okay. I will definitely check that out i mean i love comic shows i've seen almost all the marvel shows obviously on disney plus um not 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 a paid promo there just mentioning that but yes i do need to check out loki that's the last one on my list i loved wandavision falcon the winter soldier i thought was all right i'm really excited about loki it looks really good so uh definitely gonna have to check this out when we're done recording eric another question here we're looking at the bills offense now And we know there's some key players there that hopefully are going to put up big numbers again. Mm -hmm. But the question is, are you getting value there? So we look at a guy like Stefan Diggs, 
Of course, he was in the top three for fantasy points last season. He put up some huge numbers when we look at receptions and yards, but he did kind of lack in touchdowns for an upper echelon receiver, right? He only, I think, had eight touchdowns, which is not all that impressive when you're drafting a guy as your top wide receiver. Do you have any concerns about drafting him? And it's not that he's not a great player, but is he a great fantasy value considering the lack of touchdowns? Yeah, I would say that Diggs is, is still a really good value. I'm like, he's a, he's a player for where at his position, I'm like, he could finish within you know the top three. And he's definitely a top three fantasy receiver uh, for me. I think one thing that's interesting looking uh, forward in 2021, I'm like, he's still in the position of easily see 150 plus targets, you know, just given the receivers that the Bills have. And I don't think that he'll have quite as, as much like receiving yards or as many receiving yards as he did uh, last year. I would say around like 1400 is a little bit kind of more so my projection for him for this year, just to kind of bring all that together. And I would say as far as of touchdowns, I do agree. Uh, he only had eight last year. Uh, I don't see him having much more than that. I would say nine is more realistic. He could have 10, but he's just not going to be a dominant kind of red zone, you know, touchdown scorer in my opinion, but Hey, he's still a really good fantasy option. Uh, I like him at his average draft position. You know, he's someone that you can get. I'm like, you can easily get 1,400 receiving yards, eight or nine touchdowns from Diggs, and still be very happy with that performance. For sure. You're getting consistency from him, and you know he's part of a great offense. But that's also what hurts him in the red zone because the Bills' offense is so strong, because the receiving core is so strong. It does take away from him, but it's interesting to see that you still feel like he's going to put up those kinds of yards and obviously the receptions. If someone's in a PPR league, I feel like Diggs is the go-to guy, no? I would say that he he is the go-to guy because if you're getting a receiver that's that's getting like 150 targets, I'm like, if you look at Diggs, like if he gets 150 targets, he can easily catch between 105 to 110 targets, especially once you factor in like the progression that Josh Allen has had. And really the rapport that those two immediately developed going into last year. And last year was unique, obviously with COVID-19 and the pandemic, they didn't have as much time together as they would have in a traditional NFL offseason. And for them to hit the ground running the way that they did kind of really shows the connection that they have. And you think that they've got that connection already. They had a somewhat normal offseason. I think they'll be even more in sync going into this year. And so a lot of those targets that he's getting thrown, he's going to come down with them. And you better believe the two of them are going to be super hungry. They want to go back to that AFC championship. They ideally want to go to the Super Bowl. So they have big aspirations. You bring up Josh Allen, of course, the the leader of this offense, the key piece to Stefan Diggs having success. Josh Allen led the league in fantasy points as a quarterback last season. Is it realistic he's going to do that again? Because We look at his stats from last season, and they are out of this world. They are unbelievable. In a normal season, he would have easily won MVP. Of course, Aaron Rodgers also had an incredible season, which is why Josh Allen did not win MVP. But Josh Allen has the legs. Now, we don't know if he's going to use them as much this year, and I think a part of me hopes he doesn't and that he really focuses on passing. If that's the case, is he still the leader in fantasy at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I would say that that Allen is still the leader in fantasy at the quarterback position at the end of the year. Uh, the Bills have a lot of their key offensive pieces coming back. You know, that obviously includes Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Just the team as a whole was not that productive 
uh, when rushing the football. You know, they rank near the bottom of the league in uh, rushing uh, rushing attempts and rushing yards uh, per game. And Allen essentially filled that void, and they just leaned heavily on him in the passing game and his legs, and ultimately just having him make plays. So I don't really see them deviating from that uh, that often uh, going into this year. Uh, Allen is still in a position to exceed, you know, based on my projections, you know, 600 or more passing attempts uh, this season. Uh, I think he's still a, a lot to exceed, uh, you know, 100 or more rushing attempts. And so I can easily see him kind of tie that back to the rushing with him having over 500 rushing yards and seven or eight rushing touchdowns. And that's only going to catapult his fantasy ceiling. You know, if you have a quarterback that's, you know, exceeding 600 pass attempts and can easily have 4,500 or 4,600 yards. And I think he's a lock to throw, you know, 30 or more touchdowns. And he proved last year that he's not like a, a quarterback that throws a lot of interceptions. So I still think he's going to have pretty good ratios there. So when you bring all that together, rushing ability, the passing ability, I think it really comes down to Josh Allen and Kyler Murray to finish as the QB1 overall in fantasy. So they both are eerily similar, you know, when you just think about them in general. And it sounds like you still believe that there's that running ability from Allen. Even if he doesn't put up huge numbers, he's still going to get a lot of those red zone rushing touchdowns. And that, of course, is huge for fantasy. I have a feeling I already know this answer just based on what you said just now about the running game. There is obviously a lack of a run game for Buffalo. And it's a combination of both a philosophy change now to a more pass-heavy offense, but it's also the fact that the running backs have just not gotten the job done. Is there any value left in drafting a Buffalo Bills running back? And that could include, of course, Devin Singletary, second-year pro now Zach Moss, who we didn't see a whole lot of last year, and now veteran Matt Breida that they brought in. Do any of those guys bring value? Are they just going to be splitting carries and therefore you know, a fantasy owner shouldn't bother with any of them? Yeah, I think we're looking at another scenario for where it is going to be a split backfield. You're looking at Zach Moss for where I believe he'll lead the committee like an opportunity. And I consider an opportunity like a rushing attempt and a target. I could see Moss having around like 170 or so opportunities. And if you look at uh, Devin Singletary, around like 140 or so. I just think with Allen's proficiency uh, in the red zone, like as a runner, you know, he's not afraid to you know t- tuck it in and go. I just don't see them accumulating a, a high number of rushing touchdowns. I'm like Zach Moss, you know, could be the guy, but if you're looking at a running back that only has like four or five rushing touchdowns, that's just not really attractive overall. Like in fantasy, I do like Zach Moss's upside more than Devin Singletary. But if I look at a guy like Zach Moss, I'm really viewing him as like a a running back three. You know, he does have some upside, but unfortunately I think it'll have to take like an injury to Moss or Singletary to kind of really see that come to fruition. But at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills offense is going to uh, lean heavily or or die, you know, quickly on uh, Josh Allen and his receivers. We know that this is what the Bills offense is. And honestly, it's really exciting. I'm not used to it. Being a Bills fan for a while now, we've seen run-heavy offenses for so many years. It's nice to have that exciting pass-first offense and have a quarterback that can actually get it done. So just to end off here... Eric, do you have any value players or players that you feel like could really break through this year for the Bills that someone might be able to get into the mid-late rounds of a fantasy draft? Yeah, it's, it's a couple of players that I, that I do like. Uh, if I just think about like receivers uh, in general, like I know he's uh, gotten a, a lot of attention just for some of his, uh, some of his comments on, uh, you know, with the uh, vaccine and COVID, you know, 19, but, you know, Cole Beasley, I'm like, he continues to be a, a pretty solid value. 
Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders and, you know, kind of what, what they'll bring. But at the end of the day, if you look at the Bills, I do see Cole Beasley, you know, being their second most targeted uh, receiver. Um, like he can easily get around 100 to 110 targets and be pretty productive. Uh, he's a nice value at his ADP, and it, you know, I think he can have some, uh, some pretty, uh, you know, pretty nice weeks for, uh, for fantasy managers that are playing like in deeper formats. Now, I know we're all waiting on the Dawson Knox uh, breakout you know, at, at tight end, uh, but he's another, uh, he's another player that I like, especially if you're in deeper formats and you need like a tight end two or a tight end three. Heck, it could even be a, a tight end premium format that you're in where you can start two tight ends. Or if it's just a, a tight end premium format, pretty deep benches, I kind of like stashing him as a tight end two or tight end three. Uh, but again, not a guy that I'm reaching for, but if you're in a really, really deep draft in the later rounds, you know, keep him on your radar. Yeah, when you look at a guy like Cole Beasley, he's got that connection. You know, you talked about it earlier that the connection between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs is so strong. And I would say the connection also between Allen and Beasley is also strong. So clearly there's an opportunity there, especially because of all the vaccination stuff. There's definitely some concern around Cole Beasley, and that's probably going to allow people to snatch him up maybe a little later than he would normally go, specifically when you look at his statistics. And then, of course, you got a guy like Gabriel Davis who could break out. There's some opportunities. And Dawson Knox, I mean, I have my concerns about him. Obviously, he hasn't become what we had hoped. But this is year three, so maybe this is the year he takes that step. And you could get him, like you said, really late. You stash him, and maybe if he gets going after the first few weeks, wow, you just got yourself a legitimate tight end one or even a tight end two in a tight end heavy fantasy league. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Always good to talk fantasy football. And with the season coming up, it's nice to get your take specifically on the bills and where you see that value and where you see those guys. I trust your opinion. I'm definitely going to be using some of the things you've given me today in my own fantasy draft. I hope I can win some cash there too. But uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. No, no, I appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for the invite. And hey, we are in the midst of it here in August. So the season is nearly upon us. We've got preseason games going on, fantasy drafts. So Always happy to help. You know, if any of your listeners need anything, reach out on Twitter. But hey, thanks again. Let's do it soon. Let's do it again soon.